0: Welcome to a special EduTech Guys presentation recorded live at FETC 2022 in Orlando, Florida. Enjoy the conversation.
1: Hey, welcome back to FETC 2022. It's an exciting day here, day three. Had a lot of exciting folks come by, and we're very excited to have our next guest in the seat. We're going to have her tell us her name, tell us where she's from and what she does and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go.
2: Amazing. I'm Dr. Courtney L. and I am from Atlanta, Georgia. I am a transformation coach, by the way I do, dibble and dabble in content and learning design. And... You know, when you're in education, IT, ed tech, you do pretty much do a lot. What I've found now with myself is leaning more so into coaching and talking about change management. So that's what I do day to day.
1: Cool. So FETC, what did you do here? Did you come here for a specific reason or just to visit the uh, conference?
2: So I came down to check out the great vendors. Uh-huh. In the Expo Hall went, dibbled and dabbled into sessions, and I delivered training sessions um, as well. Like earlier today, I delivered a training around having uncomfortable conversations and tomorrow we'll be talking about coaching without bias and the the kicker to it is you really can't coach without bias right you just have to be aware of your bias
1: sure yeah so let's go a bird's eye overview of that first session you did yesterday can you kind of give our listeners an idea what it was about
2: yeah that session was really great we went through and had conversations about problems that leaders in education are are Facing whether it's dealing with technology adoption or just human capital management, and so today we went through a whole gamut of strategies. We even actually did a mastermind. We taught everyone how to conduct a mastermind session, and what mastermind um, mastermind sessions are um, basically people are sitting around having dialogue, but it's intentional. Mm. Mastermind, um, the mastermind concept was found by Napoleon Hill years ago. And and what the mastermind consists of is that you have people come around that have like interest in a sense of wanting to become a better version of themselves. Mm. And so you have the hot seat, you have the timekeeper, you have a facilitator and a note taker. And so the person that sits in the hot seat they are there telling you their problems and the folks that are there, you get the bird's eye view. You get to say, okay, I get to listen to the problem and ask open-ended questions. It's in a judgment-free zone. Mm-hmm. And so as that person that's in that hot seat, they're sharing their insight or sharing the problem or their challenge that they're faced with, with this group of people, not that many, but with that group of people and the people that are listening actively, I mean, how great is it? You have somebody listening to you <laughs> intentionally. Right. They listen and they ask probing questions to help you identify a solution or a possible alternative. They don't give you the answer, but they help you find the answer because typically we know what we want in our lives. It's already deep within, but we need some probing to pull it out. Sure. And then we went through and had a, a conversation around a few other strategies, such as uh, the mirror strategy, where if you're getting involved with someone that they're irate, you mirror their motions, but you do it in a calm way. So like you level them down, you change your voice tone and it shows them that you are paying true attention to them, authentic attention. And it's all about them, but you respond in a way that you're controlling the atmosphere mm-hmm. to make sure the conversation doesn't go haywire.
0: Mm-hmm. So so let's talk oh. about, uh, so, I, so I'm kind of curious uh, how you take those concepts and then apply them to the one-to-one coaching that that when you're working with teachers and trying to help them through some of that stuff where they've been maybe working in that small group or you've been working with them on mirroring how does that apply with coaching
2: oh so when it comes to coaching so when i support teachers because i tell them i use the language of support because when i say the word help you think someone is helpless or you think that they are a victim so i use the language of support And that means it's a partnership and that they actually have a hand in doing the work, Mm -hmm. not me as a coach. I'm not doing the work. I don't want (laughs) to work harder than you (laughs) as the coach. So within the, within my coaching session, I'll talk about a coaching session to just give an example. I will sit with my client or my coaching client and ask them, what is it that you want to work on today? What is it that you want to achieve? Because with coaching, Some people may confuse coaching with therapy. It is not therapy. It's not a therapy. I have a a therapist. But that's not therapy. It's two different things. Coaching is focusing on the situation at hand. So if I'm working with someone and their coaching request is, I have a difficult boss. And if it's cut and clear, I have a difficult boss. um, And this person does not understand that bell-to-bell teaching is not adequate for my, or it doesn't meet my students' needs, but they just don't get it. And so I'll listen to them and I'll ask them questions. But when I ask them questions, I will mirror the language that they've used when they said, my te- my, my boss doesn't understand, bell to bell ringing. So I'll say to them, so your, your boss doesn't understand, Um, that bell-to-bell instruction is not adequate for your students. So I'm repeating back what they've shared to me, and I didn't replace and use my language because if you replace it and you paraphrase, Mm -hmm. that's not what they said because your meaning of words may be different than that person that you're coaching, their words.
1: Sure. Well, you know, that's interesting because that puts puts them in the comfort zone. And in the comfort zone, we share so much easier. And, and I can see how that can actually transpose into the classroom for, for them as you're doing that for them. Then I bet you see that pretty, pretty quickly. You probably see that modeled uh, once again in the classroom setting and probably with their peers.
2: Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's quite human. We really, we don't want people solving our problems. It's a video on YouTube where it's, it's called a nail in your head. And the young lady is sitting on a sofa with her partner and she's just describing her headache. Now she's saying my head hurts and he was trying to fix the situation. She was like, no, that's not it. He says to her, you have a nail in your head. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then he thought about it. He mirrored in that video. And when he mirrored, she was like, yeah, that's it. She still had the nail in her head, but <laughs> she wanted to feel heard. It's, it. And that's what it's about, allowing people the space to feel heard. And even in the classroom, your students they want to feel heard. Like imagine giving a student an, an iPad and they haven't had formal training or even giving a teacher an iPad and you haven't provided professional learning for the teacher. They're going to be flustered, especially if I don't even know how to turn this thing on. But if you ask them, how can I support you yeah. to meet your goal? Well, I just need to know how to turn it on. Okay. You coach them through it. You don't tell them, but you coach them through it.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you this. How did you, um, how did you develop this? How did you come to this this idea? You know, what what personally are you know your teaching experiences your you know, your experiences brought you to this? Because this is you know this is something that you're passionate about. It's very obvious.
2: Yeah, it's it's my calling. It's my purpose. Work. Yeah. I think that coaching, even though I didn't know what it was in kindergarten, I, I think about my kindergarten teacher. I used to have, and I still have a slight speech impediment. I did not want to speak in front of people because I was super afraid of mispronouncing words. Sure. And my kindergarten teacher, Miss Smith, I still talk to her every month. <laughs> yes, I still talk to her. She coached me and she supported me as I identified the strengths that I have within and she taught me the importance of having an asset mindset versus a deficit mindset. Mm. And so it started. That was that foundation. And so I just remember going throughout my K-12 years of supporting other people, speaking life into them because you, it's something you can't fake. You right. have to truly be authentic and, and just be who you are because people will see through it. But I think that's that was where it started and my mom, my mom would tell me everything is figure outable. I'm like, Mom, that's not even a word. (laughs) It's her
1: word, though. It's
2: her word. I don't know where my mom (laughs) Mm -hmm. learned it. but Never never question your mother. No, I do question her. I do question her. (laughs) Why is my favorite word for my mom? And she tells me, you know what? Don't do that. (laughs) Like, why, Mom? Why? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But, yeah, I think that's where that foundation started. And over time, I said, you know what? I need to be the person or be able to provide the support that I didn't have or that I lacked throughout my experience. I remember even being in the classroom as a teacher, first few years, I really didn't know what I was doing. I mean, because what I learned in college didn't match what I saw in my class. <laughs>
0: Amen to that. I
2: learned about worksheets, make copy. And that's why I was like, I'm gonna be a teacher and make copies of worksheets to have my kids to do it. And I'm gonna get that big pen that has the five different color ink <laughs> slots. And that's all I'm gonna do and great papers. That's what I thought. But when I got into that classroom, like I need someone there, and I had leaders, and I had outside mentors, and I had outside coaches that supported me over time. So I said that is a deficit that we have in education. That we have coaches. We do have instructional coaches in the buildings, but they're they're pulled to be in, to do administrative work. Mm-hmm. And so even with that, I believe in walk the walk. I have coaches outside of education. I yeah. have a life coach. I have a wellness coach. I have a finance coach because you always need a partner or someone to support you on this journey.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, oh, good. Well, so I want to continue that the the coaching conversation, mm-hmm. and and as you just said, you've got coaches, you know, inside education. You have coaches outside education specifically when it comes to coaching and and as you said you, you you had mentors folks that were working with you when you've got coaches that are working with you or, or you are coaching someone else how 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 does someone do that openly honestly um and and frankly I'm I'm trying to think of a different way to say this, so I'm just going to have to say it straight out. Uh, How do they do that without all of the bias and baggage that comes with them?
2: So, glad you asked that question. In my book that I just wrote called The Uncommon Coach, I literally go through and have different activities where you identify and name your biases. In order for you to coach someone else, you have to be able to coach yourself. And in my book, I talk about being your own coach but knowing yourself I can't walk into a room with you or anyone else and coach you if I don't believe in it myself and so as a coach you you will have biases you have to acknowledge those biases and think about what are replacements that I can put in place or be able to self-correct yourself so whenever I go in and I have a coaching session I am um, that's why I ask them what they want and I have to be mindful of the questions that I ask that they're not leading. Because it is chal- It is a challenge sometimes where I'm like, here's the fucking answer right here. <laughs> right here is on the water bottle. You need to drink more water. That's the answer. But I have to be mindful of the questions that I yeah. ask. And so constant reflection. Every morning I wake up at 5 a.m., I do the intentional seven. The intentional seven includes me getting up, being in complete silence, not checking my phone for one minute. I get up make up my bed that's another thing that i do then i go into my thinking chair think some more i set my intention i say it i say my affirmation and then i actually plank i do one minute of planking mm. i feel like i'm really really great when i do that um that's my workout yeah. Don't judge me i'm yeah, um, planking, yeah. and so i have like a couple other things that i do as well in the morning so i set my my tone throughout the day 12 o'clock i use alexa Alexa tells me to smile at 12 o'clock every day. She literally says, and I guess I can call AI. She, yeah, she, yeah. she says, Alexa says, smile, Courtney. That's 12 o'clock. That's a form of coaching. Then at night before I go to sleep, I reflect over the day, mm. and reflection makes me, uh, makes me greater. Um, it makes me greater. It makes me self-aware because self-aware is very key in coaching. So that's how I prep to support other people.
0: Yeah. And and help and and then through your your book, um, helping other people see that in themselves, in order to help. Like you said, you're you're going to have bias. Everybody has bias. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 key though is to set, be able to recognize the bias, and be able to set that aside, um, in order for you to support. I, and I love that. I love that you use the word support instead of help. Mm-hmm. Uh, Really, and until you vocalized the difference, I never thought twice about it. I was like, well, you're helping. What are you talking about support? No, it really does make a big difference. And so as you are working to support those coaches, again, not getting rid of the bias, but recognizing it and setting it aside, I I, I would like you to kind of talk about – when you have specifically worked with somebody, don't name them, obviously, but I
2: won't. I'll get sued. but if you've
0: got an example where you were working, you know, with a a particular educator and whatever bias it might have been that that you had, that that maybe you struggled to set aside.
2: Oh wow! There was a situation where I had a particular client. They were um, slightly, I think. They were a veteran teacher. Mm -hmm. And my assumption, this was when I I was beginning coaching. Um, My assumption was that because I remember her face from faculty meetings where she would push back Mm. and she would always say, hey, I'm about to retire. I don't need to learn this or use Mm. this. So when I began to coach her, I had that in my mind. But then, of course, over time and working with her, I saw that she meant well, but what she was dealing with wasn't my problem it was something that she was dealing with as far as an insecurity but that wasn't my problem to name that Hmm. it wasn't that's not what i came into that space to work on yeah but after we ended that that coaching relationship i shared with her i was like you know i thought this about you Mm -hmm. and she said really i said yeah i did but over time i saw it was different and to answer the question of how do I set that bias aside? It goes back to that coaching request. What is it that you want to work on? I take myself out of the equation yeah. because it's about that coaching client.
1: Yeah. But that's, fantastic. So I hate to be the time cop here, but uh, oh, I have to, yeah, time flies and you're having fun, right? <laughs> oh,
2: man. Okay. So
1: uh, if folks want to be your best friend, want to reach out to you, want to find out more. Um, uh, so tell us the book title again yeah. and tell us how they can get in touch with you.
2: All right. So you can visit my website, CourtneyLteague.com is C-O-U-R-T-N-E-L. T E L I messed up my whole name. Sorry, <laughs> laughing, looking and laughing. C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-L-T-E-A-G-U-E. com is my website. My Twitter handle is the same. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. And I mean, send me a tweet. I love talking to folks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Right. Even though I just couldn't spell my name right then and looking at it on the book.
0: Yeah. But, and okay. and the name of the book. Again. Oh,
2: the book is called The Uncommon Coach. And it's a micro workbook. So when you go through and you grab a copy of the workbook, you'll see quotes, you'll see affirmations, and you'll see activities. The cool. way the book is designed is to make you get in the mood and you do the work.
1: Yep.
0: Well,
2: Courtney, great.
1: thank you for coming thank on. You this so thank you so much. you. Yeah. Have a great FETC.
2: Thank you.
0: You've been listening to a special EduTech Guys presentation recorded live at FETC 2022 in Orlando, Florida. Thanks
2: for listening.